Okay. <clears throat> you know, um, oh, God, a lot of stuff today. God, my head is, I have a lot of stuff to, like, pre-talk about, but then at the exact same time, I, we actually have a lot of stuff on the podcast to talk about. How does this sound? Um, noticed it, saw it, heard about it. Yikes. Uh, the audio has not been very good. It sounds like I'm literally freaking underneath a waterfall or underwater or whatever as I'm recording the podcast and uh, I've been trying to fix it for like the last couple of days. Went into OBS and I was like, oh, it's the gain and then it was the gain a little bit, but then it's also the compressor as well. And I freaking just scrapped everything and this is like pretty, pretty much how my voice sounds. It's weird. It's like I had a bunch of filters on and then I was just like, oh, I don't need any of the filters. In fact, the filters make me sound worse. So here we are. No filter, whatever. Um, <clears throat> I have a really, really bad headache. I've had bad headaches because I am on a diet. I have to do, hold on, I gotta do my 10 push-ups. I'm trying to get, hold on, sorry about that. One of my New Year's resolutions is that I uh, I wanna get back in the shape. I wanna get back to being kinda cut. Hold on, gotta start somewhere. I'm starting with 10 good push-ups. Hold on, hold on. Ugh. Give me a second, hold on. It's like I've been meaning to do my 10 push-ups all day long and, oh God, I was way harder than I remember, remember it being. But I've been having these absolutely just terrible headaches because I'm on a diet trying to get healthier and um, my doctor prescribed me like before because I always have headaches. My doctor was just like, yeah, just take a Tylenol or an Advil or whatever. Just do that instead of uh, dealing with it. And I was just like, is this addictive? She's like, no. You know. So I'll probably go to Kroger or CVS tomorrow and be like, hey, can I have uh, some over-the-counter pain meds and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm just, I'm not 100%, but I was doing a whole lot of work today and I have a crate. I always talk about my vinyl, my vinyl records, because I am obsessed. And I went into my crate, just digging through it. Yeah, it's still on the turntable. Digging through my crate. And then I found one of my favorite pop punk albums released in the last couple of years. Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall. And I was just jamming out for like two hours. With uh, with MGK, it was awesome. And I kept on, in fact, I've been jamming out to it for the last couple of days, if I'm 100%, 100% honest with you, excuse me. <clears throat> and one of the songs that came on was a song for the introduction of this podcast. Please play MGK's Kiss Kiss on the album Tickets to My Downfall. Please and thank you. It's like two minutes of awesome it again can't wait for born with horns 
It's like a mystery box. I'm excited, but I don't know what to expect. Excited to get it. He said it's coming. He said two albums are coming this year after the success of Tickets to My Downfall. And then I think Born With Horns was supposed to be released like last year in 2021. I thought I thought he was going to release it, to be honest with you. I was like waiting. I was like, when is Machine Gun Kelly's new album supposed to come out? Didn't come out next uh, last year. He's supposed to release two albums this year. When? I don't know. Excited, though. Very excited. I'm pause my music. Pause it again. Why do people not like this album? I like this album a lot. Like, Anthony Fantano hates this album. Hates it with a burning pack. I love it. As I just dropped my ring. Hold on. You may ask me, 24, how do you drop a wing? Constantly, like, taking it on and off, and I accidentally dropped it. <clears throat> Sorry. Um. Anyways. I don't, I don't get people disliking MGK's Tickets to My Downfall. I don't, it didn't even get nominated, which is like weird to me. But I mean, The Pretty Reckless's Death by Rock and Roll didn't get nominated, and it's one of the best albums of 2021. So, again, uh, award shows are rigged. Nobody cares. <laughs> Anyways, I'm pausing my music. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. College football, Georgia versus Michigan. Pause it again. I gotta talk about. It. I could not believe this. I saw his. I saw his. Um, what is it? His musical, Machine Gun Kelly's musical. I don't know what it's called. It was tickets to my. It was downfalls high. It's essentially this like. I don't even know what it is. It's a. It's a very very weird piece of of like content it's essentially him performing a lot of the album while also there's this like i don't even know what it is like there's this like visual it there's like this movie playing on in the background as the <laughs> as like the album is being played very weird concept i love it and i'm watching the downfalls high that's the video that's the movie, or what the movie is called. I'm watching the Downfalls High version of Kiss Kiss, and I just realized this is w the first time that I saw Sydney Sweeney. And I was just like, who is that? Because she was really, really hot, right? And I was just like, who's that? And I was just like, oh, they got like a real actress for her or for the movie. I was just like, oh, that's cool. And I didn't realize that she was in like, you know, the the Lotus, whatever it was, the HBO. She's in a lot of HBO TV shows and a lot of other movies. And I was just like, Scroll is freaking everywhere. She's like the new Chloe Grace Moretz. If you don't, if you know who that is, it's just like Chloe Grace Moretz was like my entire childhood, and now it's just like my entire adulthood is now Sydney Sweeney. She's like in every single teenage TV show now. Anyways, or it, more specifically, she plays every single teenager now. Maybe not is in every single teenage TV show. She just plays every single teenage. Regardless, unpause my music, please. Great podcast coming up. Football, college football, professional football. I think we're going to talk a little bit about the draft as well as plenty of other stuff. I just realized how absolutely jam-packed today is. Great podcast coming up for you. 
right here. God, my head hurts on 24th Pockets. I just gotta say this, like the whole like, like the ramp up of the bass right on that place, like, hey, you, where it goes like vroom, vroom, or vroom. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like that. Whenever Anthony Fantano criticizes the production, I'm like, I kind of like the production. I, I don't know. Hold on. Let me go back. Hold on. Go back. Go back to it. Go back. See what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of like, that's a little bit awesome. That's a little bit, you know, interesting. You know, the, the, hey, you with the, you know, the vroom, vroom with the bass. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Right? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I like Machine Gun Kelly way too much. I just like all the moves he's making. It's like... <laughs> feel like everybody's life would improve if they freaking were dating their version of Mach not machine gun kelly excuse me megan fox it's just like goodness gracious where's my version of megan fox i gotta find her she's out there my twin flame is out there waiting oh my god anyways um oh my god my head is just like Oh, God, absolutely on fire. Where should we begin the podcast? You know, let's start off with a very, very light, maybe funny subject. I also kind of want to get this just quickly out of the way here. Oh, my God, my head is just like, my head is just like on fire right now. Let's start off with Washington here. So, if you haven't been following the news with the Washington football team, Washington football team being formerly the Washington um, team that had a racial slur in its name, so they had to change their football team. They had to get rid of the racial slur and just be like, oh, we're the Washington football team. And obviously, uh, they want a team name now. I haven't really been following the story that much. I've known for a little while that uh, the Washington fan base has kind of been a little bit divided on certain things. But one of the clear standouts of the Washington football team when it came to the selection of the new team name, because once again, their team name, their former team name was a actual racial slur. But once it became obvious that they were changing the name, uh, the fans kind of uh, attributed, or not attributed, but essentially attached themselves to one team name in particular, the Red Wolves. The Washington Red Wolves, right, still keeps the red because they're still going to keep the team colors. But the Washington Red Wolves, ooh, that sounds like a pretty good name, doesn't it? Sounds pretty exciting. Keep the team name. Keep the team logos. Keep everything besides the racial slur. Team color. Everything. Keep everything. Right? 
Awesome job by Washington's marketing team. Oh, wait! Because of licensing and trademark agreements. Washington, a billion dollar franchise for some weird reason couldn't buy out some of the trademark and copyright owners. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. And so here we are with um, apparently a reveal of the football team's new logos and mascots or whatever on February 2nd. And it's already been confirmed. No Washington Red Wolves. And I was just on Twitter all day today essentially laughing at Washington football team's fans that were sad that Red Wolves is not going to be the team name. And it's probably going to be something bad and terrible like uh, a lot of people were like, I really don't want it to be Commandos. Or Commanders. The Washington Commanders. Yuck. That sounds like a loser. <laughs> oh, yuck. That sounds like you're just going to lose. Like, you know what that sounds like? Eight to nine wins to me as a Cowboy fan. Very excited for Washington to once again fail at, uh, at doing very basic things. It's just like, honestly, you guys couldn't buy out one of the trademark holders and for the name. Who did it? Like, there was an, there was a, uh, an office episode about it where it's just like somebody was trying to buy out Ryan's company because of the acronym and they just wanted the acronym and it's just like your billion dollar organization you can't freaking buy out the trademark holder here's the actual um excuse that the head of head of marketing for Washington had for uh, the Washington football team that I once again was very excited to see and continuously laughed at Washington Oh, wait, hold on. I have to refresh the page, my bad. <clears throat> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta, like, scroll through a bunch of people's timelines. Hold on. Okay, that's the video. Okay, here we go. Right through this tackle and on into the end zone. Fan feedback has been crucial as a part of this process. And over the last 18 months, many of you have shared very vocally your love for one name in particular, Wolves, and specifically Red Wolves. We noticed this early on and we immediately started exploring it as a serious contender. And it made it all the way through to the end stages of the process. The legal team is part of the creative process, but also engaging in very technical work, right? looking at all the similar names and logos that might be out in the marketplace and how to make sure that you create enough distance from rights that other folks have that you don't get yourself into legal trouble. Yes, yeah, searching the intellectual property landscape is extraordinarily complicated for something like this that's gonna be this famous and this widely used. As a result of the comprehensive vetting process that we had to go down, we became aware that these names were not viable options because of existing trademarks held by other teams. There you go. <clears throat> There's the absolutely uh, heartbreaking, gut-wrenching news that the Washington football team will not be called the Washington Red Wolves. I'm not going to lie to you. sounded pretty cool. But it's such a Dan Snyder thing to give his football team so much hope. Like the, uh, what is it? The Lincoln Park song. I've come so far and love so hard. 
but in the end, it doesn't even matter. I don't know the actual lyrics, but you know what I mean. Just like, in the end, it doesn't even matter. It's like the exact same thing here. It's just like, in the end, you guys, still doesn't matter. Great job by Dan Snyder by uh, by not paying probably the millions of dollars that he would have. The re And I think he said, um, I don't know if I caught it, but in the actual video, he said <clears throat> that... Um, that like the trademark or whatever, or they, um, that it's like complicated to try and find like, you know, to try and go through like the legal laws or whatever of the trademarks. Essentially people wanted a bajillion dollars out of them because they're a billion dollar organization and they're owned by a billionaire. So people were like, oh yeah, we're not going to give you the license for free. We want billions of dollars or we may not billions, but millions. And then Washington being cheapos. Dude, did you see that clip of Jalen Hurts falling? Or not falling, him specifically. But, like, fans almost falling on Jalen Hurts as he's walking off the field in Washington. Eagles fans, because if you don't know how the Eagles and the Washington football team rivalry works, essentially, and, and just the Washington rivalry in general, when they play Dallas or the Eagles in Washington, it's... It's pretty much all Dallas. It's all Eagles. It really is. Like, they just, they don't have a presence. The Washington football team, they don't have a presence in their home stadium, in their hometown. I got a burp. Excuse me. They just don't have a presence. And so you'll have a crap ton of Eagles fans just swarming, and Cowboy fans, swarming, you know, the field, swarming the stadium, swarming the stands, fans in the stands, not Eagles, not, excuse me, not Washington fans, but Eagles fans. And what happens is, is that all of the Eagles fans in the stands freaking, you know, were there. Jalen's walking into the tunnel. There's this shitty cheap railing that separates the player from the fans. And all the fans are leaning over as they are because they want to get high fives from Jalen as he's walking into the tunnel. And because there's literally thousands of pounds being put on this very, very shitty and cheap railing. It collapses, and Jalen almost literally gets trampled on by a, a football player, by the way, gets trampled on by fans. He gets out of the way, luckily, and he is apparently one of the only people there that actually, like, asked people, like, hey, are you guys all right? Washington released this very, very bogus uh, press, not press conference, this press release, where they were like, hey, um... You, you guys, like, like we gave them, we gave the fans medical service. We gave them medical service. Medical service, 24. We gave them medical service. And uh, they did not give them medical service at all. I mean, I'm watching it again. There's no medical service there. Fans are like, um, we're going to sue. And I think they may have a case. And, uh, like, Jalen even had to write an article today. And he was just like, um, what are you guys going to do about this to make sure that I won't have a bunch of fans fall on me in the next game that I'm in wash. I'm just saying, condemn it. Sewage leaks out onto the fans. They can't keep benches warm. Fans are falling out of stands. I'm just saying, Washington's a terrible place to play in, even if you're a Washington football team player, because your fans don't show up to the games, because they would rather stay at home uh, than watch their football team get beaten live. 
So, yes. I was, um, it's, it's a very, very good day to be anything but a Washington football team fan. Or whatever they're going to be called in like a month. Some people even speculated that it was going to be the Groundhogs because it's, <clears throat> it's Groundhog Day when they're going to release the team name. And I was just like, I would hope, I would hope not because if it's, oh God, I mean, that's not intimidating at all. Are they going to be called like, are they going to have an intimidating name, you know? Or a cool name. You know what I mean? Just like, like the Detroit Lions. It's like your, you know, your team name is named after a predator. The Chicago Bears, apex predator in, obviously, you know, the bear. Just like, what are you going to be named after if you're a Washington football team? Person, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's very interesting. As my microphone just constantly is failing to just stay where I want it to stay. Stop moving. Stop. Stop it. Let me take this wig as well. Hold on. Sorry. Just had to take a gigantic gulp of my water. Stop moving, microphone. But going off of the disaster that was and is the Washington football team to the disaster that was and is the Cleveland Browns. Got to talk about Baker Mayfield one final time this season because he is done. He is shut down for the season. You know, Skip Bayless has been going on all of these rants for the last three weeks. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Three weeks, three to four weeks, really for the last month or so. As Odo Beckham Jr. goes up, Baker Mayfield comes down. I believe Baker has essentially thrown as many interceptions as Odo Beckham Jr. has, like, touchdowns or something like that. I can't remember the statistic. But it was, like, something like that where it was just like, oh, yeah, Baker doesn't have any touchdowns. Doesn't have any. None. Nada. Zero. Zero. None. Not literally, but figuratively. He doesn't have any. Figuratively. He has some, but he doesn't have, like, a lot is what I'm trying to say. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow throws for, like, nine in, like, the last two games. Four of them against the Chiefs, by the by. So, Baker and the Browns go up to Pittsburgh. Predicted, I predicted them to lose, or excuse me, to win. Predicted Pittsburgh to lose, the Browns to win. What a joke. Uh, and you can blame two people, because I'm fair. One being Baker Mayfield and the uh, the other being Kevin Stefanski. And we'll start with Stefanski, who deserves the lesser of the blame, and then we'll continue forward with Baker Mayfield. Okay, one of the things that has irked me for like the last couple of weeks, and I cannot figure out why, is why whenever Nick Chubb pops off I mean, 4.8 yards per carry, 12 carries. The score was 14 to 26. It's just like they threw it 38 times. They threw it 38 times, dude. Why are you throwing it 38 times? Against the Packers, 22 to 24. How many times did you run it? 
You're running it 17 times. Nick Chubb pops off for 126 yards, 7.4 yards per carry, and every other back averaging ridiculous yards, including Dearnest uh, De Johnson, right? 14.5 yards per carry, four carries, 58 yards. You're almost averaging 200 yards of rush. In fact, you are averaging like almost 200. No, you are averaging 200 yards of rush. Excuse me. Between Nick Chubb, Ernest Johnson, Anthony Swartz, and Baker Mayfield, you got 200 yards. Why aren't you running the football? You have 200 yards of pass on 36 attempts and four interceptions. I don't get it. It's weird. It's just like, Kevin, you're not winning via the pass. Run it. Kevin Savant, make no mistake about it. Kevin Stefanski is the play caller. He cost the Cleveland Browns an opportunity to go to the playoffs by not running it. Just that simple, okay? Just that simple. Let's get out of the way. If you're a Cleveland Brown fan, wasn't with you about two months ago, I'm with you now. If you're about Kevin Stefanski being a bad head coach, calling plays terribly, all that good stuff, I'm with you now. Because I saw it for like the past two games where I'm like, your running backs, for some weird reason, he does not like giving Nick Chubb 20 carries. Give Nick Chubb 20 carries. Dude's getting seven and a half yards per carry. Give him 20. Give him 30. See what happens. See what time it is. Do you not want to go to the playoffs? You're seven and eight. You should have been a playoff team this year. Had you as a playoff team. Had you as almost 10 wins. Probably should have won the division. Ravens were piss poor because all of their players got hurt. Down the stretch, Lamar's hurt, J.K. Dobbins is hurt, Marcus Peters is hurt, Marlon Humphreys is hurt, everybody on the team is hurt, everybody on the team is hurt. Steelers are an aging, old crux of a football team. Bengals, they are beatable, but you can probably, you probably could have won 10 games. Probably. Seven and eight? I'm with people who are like, what's up with Kevin Stefanski? I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. What I don't understand, and, we, and two things can be true. There is nuance. There is complexity. There's very, very complicated things in life. Life is, is a complication, right? Life is not a simplication. Life is a complication, right? I'm wearing a watch right now, right? The amount of different things that you can add on to a watch is a complication. My watch is a day date. It has a day and a date. It can tell me the day and it can tell me the date. That's a complication. Life is a complication. There's things that are added on to it that, per, that, that give certain things nuance and complexity. Not everything is black and white. Not everything is head coach or quarterback. It's a combination of the two. It's a complication. Kevin Stefanski was a big reason why the Browns did not go to the playoffs this year. Same breath. Baker Mayfield, equally if not greater of a reason why the Cleveland Browns did not make it to the playoffs. As I like crack, crack all my fingers in my hands. As evident by the Steelers game. Listen man, and even the Packers game. Could have won both those games. Could have gone 9 and 6. 9 and 7, excuse me. Right? 9 and 6. 
No, nine and six. No, wait, nine and six? Two wins, add on two wins, take off two losses, or seven and eight. Yeah, they would be nine and six. That doesn't make any sense. They would play only. Oh no, they're seven and nine. They're not seven and eight. My bad. They're seven and nine, so they would be nine and seven. My bad. My bad. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. My head again. My head is on fire right now. It's in so much pain. But these last two games with the Browns have been incredibly disappointing. I mean, just look. Look at these scores. 22 to 24, 14 to 26 against the Steelers. Baker had, against the Packers, four interceptions. Baker against the Steelers had two interceptions. Last two weeks, he's had grand total. Count them up. I said, count them up. He's had what? He's had six interceptions in the last two weeks. Some of them his fault. Some of them his receiver's fault. Or not even really his receiver's fault. Really, it's the referee's fault with two of them. But let's just be fair. Let's just say, you know what, Baker? We probably should have had four interceptions in two weeks, which is never, which regardless how you slice it, it's not good. It's just like, oh, okay, he's slightly better, but he's still crappy. And, you know, it was around this time last year where I was just like, I don't know if it's the running game that causes Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns to win football games, or if it's Baker Mayfield or, the, or you know, a combination of the two. But I was just like, I'll give him a year. He deserves a year. Browns are on their way to the playoffs. They won a playoff game, ironically enough, against the Steelers. In a brutal, devastating loss, by the way, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I was just like, you know, let's give him some time. Let's see what happens. Well, a year later, I'm certain it's Nick Chubb, who's the big boy, who's the boy that deserves all the money and all the praise and accolades. And, you know, Colin Cowherd has been pretty consistent on this, and he's been pretty, uh, he's been hitting it, he's been hitting the nail on the head, really, on this, where he's, hold on. I'm watching the Kansas State LSU bowl game right now, the Tax Act Texas bowl game. This guy, this number 22, Vaughn, I keep seeing him just slice and dice up LSU. Who's this Vaughn guy? Deuce Vaughn? Deuce. Let me look this guy up. What year is he? Okay. Oh, he's 5'6". First and foremost, he's a little bit undersized. He's 5'6", 172. He's from Round Rock? He has 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, 5.9 yards per carry. What year is he? He's a sophomore. Okay, so he's a year out. He, he can gain like 20 pounds. Talk to me when he get like gains, man, maybe not 20 pounds, like an additional 10, maybe 20. Let me tell you something. I got to talk. Hold on. I get, I've been watching this guy, Deuce Vaughn, all night long. This guy is a freaking monster, okay? He's 5'6". He's shorter than me. But he just has been cutting, getting up. Kansas City's, can't, not Kansas, LSU's defense, bro. Like, cutting them up. 
And then I look at his statistics. I'm like, 1,200 yards? Wait a minute. 214 attempts? Wait a minute. 15 touchdowns? Wait a minute. I'm like, okay. Okay. That's a player that I got to have my eye out for next year. Let me write down Deuce Vaughn. And I'm still evaluating players. And my microphone just went up. Hold on. Spelling his last name completely wrong. Hold on. Sorry about that. Just had to move my microphone down. Deuce Vaughn, RB22, KC State. I know it's not Kansas City State. I just... Kansas City. Kansas State. Tell you, man, that guy, Deuce Vaughn, Run. How many yards does he have? He has 92 yards on 18 rushing attempts. Two rushing touchdowns. I'm just saying that guy, Deuce Vaughn, pretty stout guy. Going back to the Cleveland Browns, right? So we've established that it's not Baker. That's the reason why they've won. It is Nick Chubb. It is Kareem Hunt. It is all of the other running backs on the team, Dearness. The Ernest Johnson, however you say his last name, on the team that won them football games. It just is. It just is. He's incapable of really putting the team on his back. And as we have now seen once again with Odell, what happened with Odell, right? Odell goes from Baker. He goes to Matt Stafford. Odell is a significantly better player with significantly better statistics. Jarvis Landry, he started, Jarvis Landry is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. Jarvis Landry has started to fall off. Guys aren't catching passes. Passes are being badly executed. Badly thrown, excuse me. You can blame the coach. You can blame the coach. You can blame Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski cost you a trip to the playoffs if you're a Cleveland Brown fan. But you also have to acknowledge and admit, like Baker did as well. And the reality is, better quarterback play probably would have gotten you into the into the dance, into the playoffs, as well as better coaching. But I can't fire Kevin Stefanski just yet. Just yet. As I see Deuce Vaughn get his third rushing touchdown, by the way, of the game. But I can't fire Kevin Stefanski just yet. I can get rid of Baker Mayfield. Is Baker Mayfield? Not is. He is. I was about to say, is he the the is he like the third best quarterback? It's just like, no. I mean, yes and no. I mean, like, he wasn't better than Ben last that last night, and Ben wasn't very good. I mean, Ben is old as a dinosaur. But he was good enough to win the game. Baker, however, was dreadful. Terrible. I read this statistic last night where, like, Baker in the first half had completed one pass attempt. He was, like, one for 10, 20 yards in in an interception, bro. And then he goes on to, I mean, thank God he at least completed 15 more pass attempts, but but he was 15 of 38 for 185 yards pathetic 
But then he's the only player, the only quarterback this season with 10 straight incompletions. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So, I don't know what to do with Baker Mayfield. You tell me, what should I, should I be stoked on Baker? Should I be getting high on my own supply on one Baker Mayfield? Again, Skip Bayless keeps on saying, cut Baker Mayfield, cut Baker Mayfield. That's like the dumbest. I got to take my glasses off. My head is pounding. Do you release Baker Mayfield? Do you get rid of him? Because you believe that, I mean, first and foremost, you're not going to release him. You want something back. He is the number one overall pick from his respective draft. You want something back from Baker Mayfield, but can you get something back from Baker Mayfield? Probably like a seventh rounder. I'm not trading, not trading a high value pick for Baker Mayfield. I love how like Baker Mayfield's like, hey man, I'm I'm just banged up this year, and it's just like Joe Burrow. <clears throat> Joe Burrow literally had to leave the Kansas City game a little bit early because he gets hit in the knee by uh, by freaking one of the pass rushers of the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson is literally hobbling around as we speak trying to get healthy. Just like, dude, nobody cares. Like, sorry to say that. I get it. Baker's hurt. I get it. Uh, it's, his, it's his left shoulder. It's not his right shoulder. I get that he's hurt. I get all that stuff. But it's just like, dude, um, tell that to Lamar Jackson. Just like, do you think that Lamar would want to trade places with you if he could just lose his left shoulder but still have his right arm and his legs do you think he wouldn't want to trade places with you come on bro i just i don't know man you know brandon marshall i'm not a big subscriber in this belief but brandon marshall said something interesting he's just like i couldn't play with a guy that hasn't proven anything yet in the league but has all of these like progressive ads. And it is kind of annoying to see, ba like it was kind of annoying to see Chase Chase Young and his dumbass ads. The, what was it? The, uh, the what is it? The, the freaking Under Armour ads. And he was playing like crap. And I was just like, I don't want to see Chase Young. I don't want to see Chase Young at all. When Chase Young's playing like crap, I don't want to see Chase Young at all. But we had to see him because um, Chase Young was the Under Armour guy, right? At least he was until they <laughs> they stopped showing his ads. Like, some of these football players, some of these guys, some of them aren't ready. Some of them just aren't ready to play. But then, this is the reality. Some of them were never were never really ready to play. Baker is kind of like one of those guys where it's just like every single offseason, I'm just like, show me, show me a, a session of film where you are really working out with your guys, right? And maybe not a session of film. That's too broad of a general term. Put something on Instagram to get me off your back is what I essentially mean by that. I'm just like, show me that you are training with your receivers on Instagram so that way I can be like, Baker's training with his guys. He's training with Jar. I never saw that. Guys are posting shit every single day of the week now. I couldn't find Baker Mayfield training with OBJ. I saw OBJ train with, with Cam. And I was just like, 
Why is he with Cam Newton? Where is Baker? Odell, why aren't you training with Baker? Is it that Baker isn't training in the offseason? Why have we not seen Baker Mayfield improve whatsoever? He's getting lapped by guys that came into the league two years after he did. This is his fourth year in the NFL. He came in in 2018. What do you want? He can't have everything all the time. He has three of the best interior offense alignment in the NFL. He's got one of the best running backs in the NFL. Still in his prime, Nick Chubb. He's got a pretty good play caller. Got pretty good wide receivers. Had Odell Beckham Jr. What do you want? He's got great defensive play. Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, Miles Garrett. He's Jeremiah Wusukormo, super high on him, still am. Where is the production out of Baker Mayfield? Miles Garrett still gets pressures and he's hurt. You don't see him talking about shutting it down in the season because they're losing. Because let's just be honest, if they weren't losing, what would you? What would happen? But what, if they were in the playoffs, do you think Baker Mayfield would shut it down? Say, I gave it my all? Miles Garrett is. Does Miles Garrett get a break? Miles, what about Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb's been in and out of the lineup. Does Nick Chubb get a break as well? Because last time I checked, Nick Chubb's playing on Sunday. He's playing on Sunday. I don't get it, man. Like, I get it. He's hurt. He has obviously been hurt. But Ezekiel Elliott has been hurt for the last month and a half, and he's strapped on a knee brace, and his ass is still running hard out there on the football field as we speak. Different injuries, I know. But everybody is playing hurt right now. Tyron Smith, as a left tackle, has an ankle injury. Ezekiel Elliott, as a running back, has a knee injury. Don't see either one of them saying, like, we got to shut it down. We got to shut what down? What? What? I don't get it, man. Everything that I see that I have seen of Baker Mayfield, and I was wrong because I thought that he was going to be a great quarter, maybe not a great quarter. I thought he was better than what he currently is right now. I thought he was. But for some weird reason, he is absolutely incapable of overcoming extreme and extraordinarily mediocre standards that fans and pundits have set upon him. He's not a good quarterback. The short and the sweet, the simple, is that the Browns should move off of him and they should make a play for Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. They should get a young quarterback in the draft. Doesn't, I mean, Malik, everybody knows my feeling on, on Malik Willis and Kitty Pickett. We'll talk about them in a couple of minutes, potentially. In fact, we may not even get to them tonight. I want to get to, I want to talk draft stuff tomorrow as well. But where is the urgency with Baker Mayfield? I said it kind of like I, as I was ranting. I said he's getting lapped by guys that came into the league two years after him. 
He can't push the ball down the field. He can't read the defense pre-snap. He has to have one read type of looks. He has to have moving pockets. He has to have freaking play action. He has to have a strong run defense. He has to have a clean pocket. You better not confuse him because if you confuse Baker Mayfield, he won't know what to do with you. If you stop giving him so many complicated looks, maybe he can throw the football accurately. And even if you give him all that stuff, the inconsistency is all over the place. The accuracy, excuse me, is all over the place. Where am I lying? Tell me I'm lying. And I will tell you and I will show you a bunch of truth. I will put truth on you. Just as it got, just as freaking TJ Watt get put on freaking Baker Mayfield. TJ Watt was just in his face all night long. Eight or nine sacks last night. You could definitely blame the offensive line for the protection, but you could also be like, um, Baker, aren't you supposed to be better? This is a division rival and you don't know about TJ Watt? Every team in the NFL knows about TJ Watt. You guys don't know about TJ Watt? Hopefully, you were educated last night as you guys gave up eight sacks. Hopefully. I hope you were. If you aren't, God help you. I don't know what to do about that. Like, it's just one of those things that I'm just like, you guys should be significantly better than what you are right now. And yet, here we are. Seven and nine. About to be a non-playoff team. Really, when they should be. Bottom of their division. Same old Cleveland. My head is pounding right now. I have some. Oh, we'll finish with this. Finish talking about Baker, not the podcast. We'll finish talking about Baker with this. I wrote down some uh, some notes here of the game. Just wanted to kind of get a nice little look. So there's this kind of sequence. Lord, give me strength. I just saw some of the, the notes that I wrote and I was just like, Oh my God, I, it's all coming back. So there was a couple of really, really terrible sequences last night. So one of them happened out around midfield early on in the, I think first quarter where Nick Chubb is starting to get going. He's starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm here. And Nick Chubb, what is, hold on. They're showing me a journalist kicks. Again, I'm watching the Texas, the Tax Act Texas Bowl, and there's this journalist. It's a blowout. LSU's getting blown out by Kansas State. And this journalist, like, runs over to him uh, to, like, a cameraman to show off her kicks and I'm like what's hold on hold on okay uh I don't know why she was showing off her kicks, but she was showing off her shoes, whatever. 
loves sneakers. She was wearing some pretty cool sneakers. I'm not going to lie to you. Her sneakers literally just like broke my train of thought. I'm sorry. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. The uh, the plays that Baker Mayfield and the Browns just poorly executed upon. Again, top of the first, I thought that they had a lot of momentum and rhythm. Baker and company with Nick Chubb was just popping off. And for some weird reason at midfield, Kevin Stefanski just decided to throw the football three times and then disaster happened, essentially. It was terrible. It was bad. I was just like, why did you guys just throw the football three times? Then on the next drive, for some weird reason, they're just like, yeah, we're going for it on fourth and seven. I was like, fourth and seven? It's like, this isn't going to be real, right? This isn't going to be real, right? No, it is real. They went for it on fourth and seven. What do you think happened? You know what time it is. They freaking batted the ball down as they did all night long. Turnover on downs. One of the ensuing drives later, third and six. Baker Mayfield dropped back, gets sacked. Baker Mayfield first play seven minutes. I think um, in the fourth or something like that, or in the third. I can't remember. I didn't time Sam. It first play. Interception, bootleg to the left, dumbass play. Uh, dumb, not even dumbass play, but that was like his second interception, I think, of the game. I mean, he was just, Baker was just awful. Just awful. Awful, awful, awful. I really hope he doesn't go to the game on Sunday. I'm not going to lie to you because he'll get booed. He'll get booed. He's gone um, from Cleveland. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, Kevin Stefanski is on thin ass ice because if he his ass if his ass next year with one of these guys if they freaking run it back with baker mayfield i'm like fail every single one of you have failed miserably get rid of him he's terrible he sucks failure if you bring baker mayfield back period in a discussion second of all okay so that's first of all second of all if the Browns don't go to the playoffs. Fire Kevin Stefanski immediately. Ridiculous. You, you, one of the, I mean, I could make a case. No, I won't make a case. They are the best team player wise and talent wise in their division. They're seven and nine. Joke, 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 joke. They should have won more games. They should be leading the division. They should be in playoff contention. The Ravens without Lamar hasn't played in like two weeks. Ravens still have more wins than they do. I don't get it. I don't get it. Better football team, better organization right now in Cleveland, better players, one dude, two dudes that can't really freaking figure it out. Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski jokes the both of them. I'm done. Now I'm done. What a disgrace to football. Oh, God. I don't even know if I want to talk about this or if I want to save it for tomorrow. Let's talk about it. Let's get off topic here. So, you know, I was going to talk about Kurt Herbstreet today. My freaking head is pounding and I just don't have the energy for it today. I was going to talk about his very, very stupid, short-sighted comments about how... Players don't love football. He doesn't like football. 
nowadays, the era of players today, they don't like football. It's like, oh my god. Such a joke. Oh, god. But, um... Kurt Herbstreet essentially said that players don't like football and they should play in a bunch of bowl games and then some of the top prospects in next year's draft get hurt. Um, one of those being one of my favorite football players. This is actually relevant. One of them being Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa. One of my favorite players, top-tier player. Um, I think his... It wasn't his test that came back negative. It was Matt Corral's. And let me look him up really, really quickly. Let me... I actually am starting to feel like sick here. But I'm not sick. I'm just... It's like I feel sick, but I, I felt this way before. I'm not sick. Like I'm, I somewhat feel like I'm going to throw up, but I also know I won't. I have no updates on the injury. But Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, one of the best offensive linemen in next year's draft, got hurt to the point where he had to exit the game. To the point where he is just his status right now and the injury happened like three days ago up in the air. And Kurt Herbstreet said, well, players today, they don't like playing football. They don't like it because they don't play in bowl games that my company puts on. And I make millions of dollars off of casting these bowl games and having pregame shows even for the entirety of the year. I never care about bowl games and I never give a rat's ass about bowl games and bowl games. We complain that the next generation only gets participation trophies, but then at the exact same time, we complain when they, when they don't want to play for a participation trophy, which by the way, like the majority of millennials don't care about participation trophies or Gen Zers. Like it shows just how out of touch boomers are whenever they bitch about participation trophies and it's just like bro it's a way less bigger and first and foremost you motherfuckers are the one that give the younger generation the participation trophies to begin with and then people like joy taylor be like i think that participation trophies are bad and it's just like you're not a parent you can't comment on it like you can't comment on kids it's just like bro like you're a millennial what are you talking about you're like 30 years old you grew up around participation trophies. don't pretend like you're 50 or 45 when you're like, come on, you're either young or you're not. You're young, you're like, how old is she? I saw, like, every single time Joy Taylor brings up participation trophies, it irks me because I'm like, you're like my age. What are you talking about? You're like, a, you're, she's 34 years old. Like, you are freaking my age, like, girl, like, come on. What are you doing? Like, I mean, she's not my age. She's older than me, but it's just like, it's ridiculous that people are like, participation trophies, that's ridiculous. When I'm just like, what? This, like, this is what you complain about? This is what you put all of your stock into complaining about? This is, this is the failure of society? Participation trophies? What? Oh my God. My head is just on fire right now. 
how, like, I, I, I'm like, I, I was lost for like a couple of seconds. I'm like, where am I? What, why am I talking and yelling about participation trophies? I'm just irked today. Extremely irked. Anyways. Getting off of participation trophies and the uh, bowl games. Yeah, like, Kurt Herbstreet, grow up. Grow up. This is the big boys. This is the adult world. Players can freaking choose where they want to play. Stop being a freaking child about it. Grow up. That's my response to Kurt Herbstreet. Grow up. Stop being a child. Players don't play for their respective colleges. Well, because their colleges don't play for them. Or excuse me, pay them money. Billion dollar organization. We're an American capitalistic society, but we want our players to play for free. That doesn't make any sense. That goes literally against everything that we stand for as Americans. But when young people want to become super rich really, really fast and have legitimate means, that's when we want to impede people's ability to make tons of money. We'll give billionaires tax breaks, but 20-year-old kids that are literally risking their lives to play football, damn them, they're selfish. Jokes. I hope I never become as old and as crusty as Kurt Herbstreet when it comes to my mentality on college football players. Anyways. Getting off of Kurt. I want to talk about something that won't make me scream and shout, but it's just like, it's just kind of gone that way, this podcast. Hopefully it's not bad audibly. I'm going to figure out and find out very, very soon. Let me take a swig. Hold on. Sorry, I just had to... God, man, I'm so... My head is on fire. So, um, let's talk about something, actually, that brings a delight to my face. To my face? What? That doesn't make any sense. That actually makes me happy. And um, we'll, you know what? I'll probably cut this off in like 10 to 20 minutes. Uh, we won't really go fully over the weekend games as well. It's starting to look like it. I do want to hit on the Senior Bowl invites. And I do want to recap college football. And then we will uh, peace out. We'll sign off here. Sign off is the more formal way of saying peace out, but I just like saying peace out because it just, it sounds better. Anyways, so got the list of players here today and I got some pretty notable names on it. If you don't know what the Senior Bowl is, the Senior Bowl is a annual event every single year where seniors are invited to play football one last time not for their football teams, not for their schools, but for, I think, the North and the South. I don't know how it's structured. But essentially, they're put on two all-star teams. It's an all-star game. Bunch of the seniors, the best seniors of the year, get invited to it. They get to play one final game against, you know, against some of the top conferences in college football, and they get to try out, essentially, for an NFL team. It's a nice little introduction to the NFL. So I was I was looking down the list. I want you, and it's a, it's about a month out. It's been moved from late January to early February. I believe like February fourth or something like that is when it's gonna be 
when the Senior Bowl is going to be. But I got some names. And these are, some of these names are like first, second round draft picks here. And this Senior Bowl is going to be something real interesting and real special. Because unlike in a lot of Senior Bowls where you're essentially just evaluating like quarterbacks and wide receivers, there's actually significantly other players that are going pretty high in the draft that are actually going to be at the Senior Bowl. For example, Kobe Bryant, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. Right corner out of Cincinnati. Right cornerback paired with Ahmad Gardner or Sauce Gardner. Kobe Bryant is just an amazing, interesting player. Playing on Sunday guy, Cincinnati corner. Changed his jersey from 7 to 8 to represent Kobe Bryant. His name is spelled, I thought it was Cody Bryant, but it's actually Kobe Bryant. And it's spelled C-O-B-Y, which is why I was confused. I thought the B was a D. Guess not. But Kobe Bryant is one of the more interesting corners because he's actually kind of a good corner. Now, the interesting thing about the Senior Bowl this year, not a lot of top-tier wide receiver talent. Alec Pierce, the guy that I've been ranting and raving about for the last, really, year, ever since I started to watch... Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, he will also be there as well. Ever since I started to watch him play for Cincinnati, I saw number 12 for Cincinnati as well, the wide receiver, Alec Pierce. I was really, really interested because I was like, he's the guy that Desmond Ritter always targets, Alec Pierce. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl. I'm really, really interested. I think he could be a nice, really, really interesting football player. He could be like a second rounder. Borderline like a first. He's not a fast guy, but he's physical. He's big. Almost could be kind of like a tight end. How tall is he? He's like 6'3", 6'4", right? Like 6'3". Yeah, he's 6'3", 213. Yeah. Big dude. Real big dude. Plays like it too. Had 52 receptions, 884 yards, Eight touchdowns, ladies and gentlemen, all of that will fly. All of it will fly. So I'm very interested in this guy because every single time, pause on that, every single time I watch Alec Pierce play, I'm just like, dude's making plays. Dude's making plays. So, interested in watching Alec Pierce play at the Senior Bowl. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah as well, is like an interesting figure because Devin Lloyd, I obviously saw the Utah game against Ohio State on Saturday on New Year's, and all I thought to myself was he looks like he is hurt, and I did not expect him to be that slow. I did not expect him to be that, um, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? That's slow, and and he 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 almost looked like he was running with like a limp. It was bad, man. It was really really bad, and I just I just didn't like what I saw from Devin Lloyd against Ohio State, and I want to see more from him when he goes up against whoever he goes up against in the Senior Bowl. And he's going to be one of the more interesting players that are, that are going to be there. As well as Kingsley Enigbar. Because I don't think he played really at all this year. 
And he was one of the players that when I saw him last year, he's a pass rusher out of South Carolina. I saw Kingsley play and I was just like, oh, this guy could easily be a first round draft pick. And in some lights, I liked him better than Aiden Hutchinson, but I just didn't see him play. This could be one of those opportunities where I'm just like, come, come play at the senior bowl, Kingsley. Come sit down and play at the senior bowl. The quarterbacks are going to be really, really awesome. Malik Willis, he's a senior. Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong. Potentially, you have three, potentially four quarterbacks that are going to be going in the first and second round of the draft next year, or technically this year, ladies and gentlemen, because it's happening in four months. That doesn't happen. That does not happen really at all. And these draft years that you have these quarterbacks that are seniors that are going to be entering into the draft this year and that are also able and capable of playing in the senior bowl because they always opt out. They always are like, yeah, I opt out of my final year of college to play in the senior bowl. And here we are. You got three or four first or second round quarterbacks playing in about a month against each other. It's going to be fun, especially Malik Willis. Kind of a... um. You know, nice little prediction here. I think he's gonna take. I think he's gonna take it home. I think he's gonna be the guy that people are like, "Who is that guy?" He's gonna be the MVP of the uh, of the game. I think people are gonna be like, "That guy's really, really fast. He's really, really agile. He has a nice arm. He makes good decision. He's decisions. He's very accurate. He's the perfect prospect." And you'll probably see people be like, "We should probably move him a little bit higher in the draft." And then the combine will come up, and then people will be like, um, Malik Willis is really, really fast. Cannot wait to see Malik Willis play. I don't know if Kenny Pickett will play. I don't know if he'll, like, I don't know why he'll play, to be honest with you. Like, it doesn't, like, he's on a lot of people's boards, including mine. He's the best quarterback in next year's draft. However, there's no reason for him to play. I don't think that what he can do at the senior bowl will raise his stock. I think if he plays poorly, I think it can lower his stock because people are already super uh, unsure about this draft class. And if he goes out and he plays like crap, then that can confirm some of the biases people have against him. So uh, he could potentially, I wouldn't play him. If I was his agent, I would be like, yeah, bro, love ya. Love your competitive spirit. You're not playing football. And um, for the next nine months, eight months not going to play a football game ever again you're going to do training camp you're going to do preseason you know you may even play in a preseason game for a couple snacks snacks snaps not playing not playing for real for real for real anyways those are the quarterbacks also the running backs as well brian robinson alabama's running back james cook uh, Hassan Haskins, Michigan, Abram uh, Smith, the Baylor running back as well. I'm just saying there's there's going to be some really, really awesome prospects at running back at the Senior Bowl that we're going to get a nice, long, delicious look at. I'm so excited for the Senior Bowl. It's going to be a great, great event this year as well. Finally, let's talk about college football. So, everybody's freaking out about Michigan, 
versus Georgia. That's the game that everybody expected to go Michigan's way. It obviously did not. Alabama. I think everybody predicted that Cincinnati was going to lose to Alabama, which they did. I think it was like 27 to 6. Don't think people really expected the butt whooping that Alabama, or excuse me, that Georgia put onto Michigan, though. But listen, man, Michigan is Michigan. And Michigan always underachieves. Like everybody, like I, rem- I, I now keep on seeing Michigan fans say, well, huh, the season is not a failure because we freaking scored in the playoffs. We scored in the playoffs. Yeah, yes, we did. What? That's what you're proud at? Proud of? You're proud you participated. No, 24, we scored, you participated. No, 24, we, we scored points. That means we're winners. Then why aren't you in the college football championship you participated you lost you didn't win a ball game your coach still is defeated in a bowl game not undefeated defeated meaning that he enters into a bowl game and he comes out with a loss he is defeated in a bowl game not he constantly gets defeated because that would imply that occasionally he would be a winner that he wouldn't be defeated. No, he is not undefeated. He does not occasionally win. He is defeated. He is winless. He has not attained any amount of success in the bowl games. He is lost full, not lost less, lost full, full of loss, full of L's, full of disappointment. He is a disappointment. The season was a disappointment. The one time you beat Ohio State, You go in and wet the bed against Georgia. Who Alabama cooked via the passing game. Don't talk to me. Do not talk to me about Aiden Hutchinson getting chipped. You told me that he's the best pass rusher in the draft. Well, now's the time to prove it. And he shrunk like the Ant-Man because I saw Endgame today again. I cried when Tony Stark died. It's a three-year-old movie. Get over it if you haven't seen it yet. I don't understand it. If you're a Michigan fan and if you're satisfied with Michigan's mediocrity or below mediocre standards, Michigan was a success because they uh, won a lot of regular season games. Ohio State's going to be back next year. You had your chance. You lost it. You failed. We were successful, 24. We had 12 wins. It's just like, Aren't you guys playing, paying this guy to win a natty? Aren't you guys playing, paying this guy to win a bowl game? No bowl wins, no natties, nothing. Ohio State has a natty. I just shrug my shoulders. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Anything else I got to say? Anything else? About Michigan. 
yeah, if you think that Ohio State is just going to lie down and take it, if you think that Ohio State, hold on, they're showing me Brown's first, pause it, where is it, God, I said I was done talking about Baker Mayfield, but now I'm watching Sports Center. Now Sports Center is having a roast about him. God. They're showing me Brown's first round quarterbacks drafted since franchise returned in 1999. First overall pick, Tim Couch, 1999-2003. Tim Couch, first overall pick. And then in 2007, Brady Quinn, 2007 to 2009. These are the tenures. That they had. Wow, they've drafted three quarterbacks with the 22nd overall pick. Brandon Whedon, terrible, terrible quarterback. Johnny Manziel, don't even need to talk about him. Baker Mayfield, his career is about to be done in Cleveland. Yikes. Yikes. Anyways, um, going back to how Ohio State's going to be back. Ohio State will be back. Listen, man. Uh, I feel bad for Michigan fans because already they're starting to delude themselves into believing that Ohio State will not just be better next year with Jackson Smith at Jigma, who just put up like 347 yards in a bowl game, and C.J. Stroud, who played absolutely spectacularly as well. Like, it's like you guys can believe what you guys want to believe. If you guys want to believe that uh, you're – that, that those guys that Ohio State will not be back. I feel bad for Michigan fans because they're going to eat a spoonful. I remember I remember somebody tweeted out that, um, what is it? That like Michigan just spent the last month roasting Ohio State and making fun of Ohio State then preparing for the game. And I was just like, yeah, pretty much. I'm like, it is what it is. It is what it is. Anyways, my head is pounding. I'm going to... I was going to read tonight. I probably still will. I got Giacomo Casanova's book. The story of my life. I'll take her home. I spend all night to keep her warm inside. Done the story of my life. Do you know that song? Everybody knows that song. Hold on, let me let me play it for you. Hold on. Hold on. God. Everybody knows this song. Even I know this song because I couldn't I was just like, this is ironically enough, one of the uh the better songs that I've listened to. That's like actually decent that I actually like, but, um, you'll hear, here it is. It's a one direction song, which is why I was just like, I I'll spoil it. It's a one direction song. They're taking forever to get going. This is like the song that I constantly heard in high school. Harry Styles, One Direction, Zayn, all these guys, like all this shit. I remember there was like, um, what are those Irish flutes? Bagpipes. <laughs> I'm like, Irish flute, black, bagpipes. 
but they freaking were playing like bagpipes in the background and that and my mind was blown because of how good the production this is actually a semi-decent song and i'll be gone gone tonight the ground beneath my feet is open wide the way that i've been holding on too tight with nothing in between bts before bts the story of my life i take her Can't, can't hate on it. It's One Direction. Not a big One Direction fan. Have never listened to an album, so maybe I shouldn't judge. Cannot hate. Like it. Not like, scratch that. Not like it. Love it. Not, I'm like, why would I need to be bashful? I'll be bashful 24. Like the song. I like the song. God, my head is on fire. Anyways, um... Tomorrow, little bit, I, I actually wanted to record this podcast at, I don't, I don't know, like literally at one o'clock, but then I don't know what happened. I obviously did not because it's like midnight once again. And it's just like, I have no idea what I'm doing now. Anyways, I'm peacing out. I'll see you tomorrow, technically today. Hopefully, sooner than at midnight. We'll talk about other stuff. We'll talk about the draft and things of that nature. And we'll also wrap up the weekend. I'm peacing out. I'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. 24th Podcast. We'll just let One Direction play out. Why not? I do like... I do like this song. I'm not gonna lie. I do like it. The story of my life I give a love I spend a love Until she's broke